Compliance is a profession where people work tirelessly to make the world a better place. And there are hundreds of amazing and inspiring women who have helped the field develop into what it is today. Great Women in Compliance is part of the Compliance Podcast Network. So join Mary Shirley and Lisa Fine as they talk with women in compliance who are making a difference. Hi, welcome to the Great Women in Compliance Podcast on the Compliance Podcast Network, hosted by Mary Shirley and me, Lisa Fine. We are also a part of the Corporate Compliance Insights family, and both Compliance Podcast Network and Corporate Compliance Insights are two of the leading places to get all of your compliance and ethics information and keeping yourself up to date. I'm a huge fan myself, as well as having them as our sponsor. With that in mind, this is one of those podcasts that I put under that category of do one thing every day that scares you. For those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that one of the things that I committed to myself a couple of years ago was to try to do some solo soliloquy episodes. Mary strongly encouraged me and has done an amazing job on them. This is the third one that I've done. And given what the theme of this episode is going to be, which has a lot of threes involved, it's threes and the letter C. I have three themes to talk about, all of which start with the letter C. And it's the third one of these. So with that in mind, this will probably be my last one of these soliloquies as we move into GWIC 2.0. I'm really excited to keep you all on the journey. There will be some things will remain the same. We'll still have the podcast community. We still will hopefully have Mary as a guest early on to talk about her fabulous book. I'm so excited to read that. And if you haven't read her column, please do that. Living Your Best Compliance Life. A new one came out on Friday, May 5th. And I think the last thing to keep in mind is that Sarah Haddon and Corporate Compliance Insights, and of course, our day one, Tom Fox and Compliance Podcast Network will continue to be our sponsors and support. There will be some new sponsors and there will be some new hosting and a little bit of some changes. I'll talk a little bit about that when I talk about the first part of this in my first one of my three C's that we'll talk about today. And these are things that are just on my mind. One is change. The second is culture. And since we've got the C's there, compliance culture. And the third is community. All of these are things to be that are critically important to me and for those of us to keep thinking about how they impact your life. So the first thing I'm going to talk about a bit is change. There's been change in so many different areas. I talk about the podcast. I've had some changes in some of the work and responsibility I do in my role at Pearson. And generally, it feels a bit like a time of change, at least to me and to others. I think that also has something to do with spring being my favorite season, for whatever that's worth. So I think I'll start by talking a little bit about the podcast and our great women in compliance community. First of all, I can't tell you how appreciative I have been of the support from so many people to continue. Um, When Mary and I first discussed her doing something different, I talked to our sponsors and I talked to other people and said, is 200 a natural resting point for, or is there an ability to move this along? And was that something I wanted to do? What I came up with from that and what I decided from that is There are some different things that we can do. Change is opportunity. Change is a little scary. But at the same time, there are different ways to have this podcast and keep this community exciting to people. And I want to say, as 
I'm evaluating. And as we've worked through some of this, people have please reach out. People have already reached out and their names are of people that will be helping and still engaged in many different ways going forward. And one of the things that I do want to share right now without sharing that who the other kind of co-host and supporting, really supporting women will be for this. I'm going to leave that as a little surprise. I will say that we're going to have a little bit of a change of format. Instead of having every week being interviews, what we're going to be doing is having two individual interviews a month and then also be doing some sort of round table, rotating round table discussions. So there'll be two people one in more of a sponsor role and one will be a facilitator One once a month. That will be me. The other time it will be somebody else. And we'll have two different different topics to talk about, whether they are substantive, whether it is something that is a <clears throat> more like this about community or culture or building your career. And we will really try to bring in different people to talk about those in an interactive time. At some point, I'd love to to record some of them live or on-site at a conference or other events, but I, that will not happen until 2024. Really need to get our feet wet again in terms of that. Also, with regard to timing, once Mary and I have our gala for the Gwikis, which is just a huge party that nobody should miss, that will also be the celebration of Mary's last episode. That, if we calculate it correctly, will be early July. And then, you know, like, don't be offended, Europeans. Some of the Europeans really take a lot of August off. So I'm taking a bit of July and August off from the podcast so that we'll come back in September in the back to school, back to fall season with our new format, new episodes, some artwork, and we'll kick it off in a really exciting way. So hopefully people will be engaged. You'll be sharing. And for those of you who have sent suggestions or offers to volunteer or help out, just so you know, I'm going to be getting back to you. We're just, I really think it's important to celebrate our first 200 episodes before we move on to the next and celebrate this thing that Mary and I really didn't know we were building when we started. This community has become big and a huge part of my life and I'm so grateful and thankful for it. I'm also really excited about an opportunity to evolve with it. It's a little scary, kind of like doing this episode and it is mostly exciting. So I think I wanted to mention that. Second, in terms of my job and job life, one of the things I've been going through have had some changes over the last several months. I have a new boss, but I also have some new changes in roles and responsibilities. All of those things are really interesting. And again, if we keep going with interesting and scary, I'm now learning about some new areas. I've always spent a lot of time as many of the working in the area in the investigation space and been very much a jack of all trades. And I still do that a lot. I think all the aspects of programs are equally important, but I have an opportunity to do some more work in the fraud area and to be really learning about and building on a fraud program. I think one of those things that's really great about being able to do that is I'm thinking about fraud, taking some of the experience I've had in ABC or with human beings and with others and to start thinking about how do you build a program? How do you look at the right risks? How do you consider that? The same things we always do. And it's at such an interesting time. I just managed, I've started reading the fraud, things called fraud risk management coming from the ACFE and the CPAs. 
and learning about both what the ideas are and what and thinking about what's a practical approach. And yeah, I hope that keeps moving forward. But I think I wanted to talk about that because it's exciting. Yet new opportunities when you know your business and you have wonderful colleagues is a great opportunity. Every job has challenges. I've said this to people before. If somebody gives me a massive trust fund tomorrow, I'm not sure how long I will be. I will still do the podcast, but I'm not I sometimes wonder if that would change what I do. But I love this field and I love the idea of growing and applying skills. And I'm grateful for that opportunity. And at the same time, have some new colleagues over the last year that I've been learning a lot of things about technology and education and training and learning and development. So new approaches, new changes, and some new subject matter for me. And thankfully, I know some of you that have already helped me with it and thinking about X, I, and this community helps me. I have experts in the area for that. I'm not sure if there's that much more in terms of being changed, but generally, I think it is for me just a time of growth and focusing. And one of my dear friends and mentors, Beth Lentini, talks about the power of the pause. And I think we all think a lot about what is our work-life how do we make sure of work-life balance? I don't always fully agree that anything can be balanced, but how do you bring value and joy into your day-to-day life? What are the things that do that for you? What is that that should be part of work? And I'm also a proponent of making sure that you, one, meaning me, continues to have things that are completely separate from that. Hobbies and other things where I don't know what necessarily some of the people there do, they don't know what I do. And it's much more of a separating so that you have your own things that bring you joy in your life when work may provide you a tough day or challenges that you can separate away from that. My dog, my boxing, probably taking art classes. And I recently did a trip that was a yoga retreat for a week in Mexico, which challenged me in many different ways to be present and to pause. And I think after journaling and growing and trying to do a lot of things that were very far outside of my comfort zone, It's helped me embrace any of these and all of these changes. I guess that's my general feeling about having a time of change, but yet having built a base from this community and others for consistency. I have to say, even talking about all of this seems a little bit self-indulgent. So with that, I'm going to go on to the next topic that I wanted to raise, which is culture. So what has been on my mind lately and what I'm thinking of a post-COVID, where I know it's still out there, but things are changing now. And we're gearing up towards what could be deja vu all over again for a political, for our election in the United States next year. So we're in a kind of an intermediate time, I think about it, because there's always going to be, we've talked about the new normal, that things are going to be different. But And I see certain things that are moving back. Is it important to be in offices? Some companies are really pushing that. Some who said they wouldn't are. Some are not. And I think one of the things that's forgotten in these discussions is generally culture is different depending on where you are and what you want and what an organization needs. I think in certain areas, lots of people may need to be together to bounce off ideas And the energy and the group energy promotes better products and better collaboration. Now, in other roles, you need a lot of time to yourself to think through things and then share with a group. 
I find that's something that works really well for me. And I think in ethics and compliance, we spend a lot of time on that. Our words, our presenting, our making sure we can deliver good results, but in a good messaging way so that we are part of our business community. And if those people aren't in an office, my personal belief is an office for office sake doesn't help anybody. I think a long commute, if you're not going to go and work with people and to force that kind of culture isn't. On the other hand, there are some places that can't live without it. But I think it's time that we all take a critical look at that, both in terms of a recruiting standpoint and a community standpoint and what's best for the work and the work that our organizations do. Because even respecting and going through that discussion shows a true commitment to being within your, being in the appropriate culture, trying to do the right thing, and thinking about from an ethical and compliance standpoint, if people feel empowered to speak on those topics and work somewhere they're comfortable, they'll feel more comfortable raising their concerns and engaging. And I think it's just very important for us to keep that in mind. I think we're also in a time right now where many of us are thinking about what might happen in the next six months, year, I guess it's 15 months until the next election in the U.S., giving all of the things that happened in 2020, and I'm not talking about this from a politics standpoint or a political endorsement, anything like that, that this is all just me, but it is a strange middle time for me to be able to think about, as a person who lives in Washington, D.C., what might happen. Not in terms of the voting, but in terms of the populace, in terms of January 6th, September 11th and January 6th that I've spoken about are two things that have influenced my life so much more. And I think one of the things that we need to think about in our profession is what are we doing? What can we do to you know, best direct our companies for what may be a very trying and stressful time and disagreements about views and viewpoints versus insurrections versus fair political discourse and other things, or if your company chooses to be involved in in certain aspects of they want to endorse candidates or have ideological views, how do you best handle that from an ethics and compliance standpoint to make sure that all of your employees feel protected, that your policies and procedures are working, that things are that will be coming from your company is what your company is saying. And that individuals still have the ability to do what they want to do. It's protected speech, but on their own time and separate from the organizations that we're in. So I guess I've been thinking about that a lot. I don't want to say I have an answer. I, I don't. The second thing in terms of company culture is I've been thinking a lot about messaging, particularly a tone at the top that we've talked about so much and message in the middle and belief at the base. I know they're words to a lot of us, but I think been thinking a lot lately that tone at the top for me or for anybody listening versus what somebody else considers their quote tone at the top. Somebody in the in some organization, you're going to consider your managing director versus your CEO, your top. That person may not consider them that. How do we make sure that those parts of the organization, in their communications, in their conversations? Not only are just saying the things we hope that they will say about doing the right thing, making ethical decisions and the importance of it, but be living it and not feeling the pressure and the pressure we all feel to deliver whatever results we're expected to or whatever benchmarks and taking the easy way. 
I, I, when people ask me about what I think of an ethical organization, and I'm sorry for anyone who's heard me say it before, I think it's at that moment that somebody has to make a challenging decision. How do you feel that your company will be supporting you if you do the right thing, the hard thing that may <clears throat> not be the revenue generating thing? And I believe that should be an easy answer. You, that In that moment, you want to think that your company wants and intends to be ethical, and that will supersede you making a decision for the bad behaviors. Similarly, particularly with the DOJ guidelines and other things that have come out, it is really important to make sure that if something does go wrong, that the senior people are being held responsible. The guidelines talk about clawbacks and incentives. But what I don't want to ever see is where the organization, somebody, a bad apple at a senior level is tacitly encouraging people, but they to really push some boundaries. And some boundaries are okay to put uh, so that people can increase profits and other things. But basically, it's the wink, wink, nod, nod. So that if somebody does something wrong, they never said to, but yet people are fearing other behaviors. And I guess along that line, my last and third point about this is I was having a conversation recently with somebody about their nieces and nephews who are in, in, in Gen Z. And this little spoiler alert here too, this will be one of our podcast guests for the next episode, Nicole Deschino. And we were talking about what do they think? Is it retaliation? Is it fear of speaking up? Is it fear of losing jobs? What keeps Gen... I'm so far from Gen Z, it's embarrassing, but what is one of the de deterrents to them? And I think it's a belief, and we talked about this, that they're still young and they're convinced in some ways that organizations are not looking into people's best interests. So what's the point? So it's not an I'm afraid of losing my job, I'm afraid of anything for me, but this idea that it's useless. How do we make sure that we communicate correctly? How do we make sure that we are resonating with people to know that it matters. What organizations do matters in our society as a whole. And what being engaged in these sorts of things is not necessarily bad. Again, I'm not an expert on it. And it's something I've just started thinking about. When, but when I think about culture, we've talked a lot about millennials. Millennials, I'm Gen X, we don't talk about us that much, but we could have a whole separate conversation about that. But what is the Gen Z's want and what do, you know, how do we build things to make structures that engage people who want to do that? And frankly, some of it so foreign to me still. I remember my growing up sounding like an old lady where you went into the office, you worked all the hours. And I have said before, I admire that many of the people that have come after us that have said, is this the most effective and efficient way to do your jobs and live your lives? But Gen Z, I think, how do we get them to see the value in these organizations and speaking up and leading going forward? Because they're the ones that are going to modify our work and our workspaces into a place that's most successful and best for them going forward. So that's my second point on culture. My third, my sorry, my third point, my second point of culture has been complete, is done. My third one is talking about community basically given points one and two, and particularly if I'm thinking of this as the season of change, I've thought a lot about the community that I have around me in terms of work, my personal life, friends, family, others. In this podcast, I will hold back from talking about my non 
ethics and compliance community, fabulous people, and the great dog in compliance who's sitting over there participating in this podcast, Rocky the Havapu. Can't not mention him in the community, although he's not a part of it. But what I want to talk about is as we're gearing up and we're into a bit of a season of starting in-person con- conferences, some have been already. I, I've had a lot of FOMO from both HCA and the ECI conferences, which have had fabulous speakers and just friends and others in the pictures. I, I, you know, I think I followed those on LinkedIn the way some people may be following some things on Instagram or I guess Snapchat or TikTok, depending on what generation. And it makes me very excited for some of the things that I have coming up over the next couple months in really, truly reconnecting with people in person. And it's given me an opportunity to catch up with some people virtually I haven't seen for a while. And in the last few weeks, I've talked to so many great women in compliance, current or future or not interested in being on the podcast people, but all of which make me energized to keep doing the work we do and fighting for what I think is critically important in my organization and in our community. And it's a very energizing thing. And for those of you who've been thinking about reaching out to someone you've either met through GWIC or one of the other conferences, I can't encourage you anymore than I can right now to just do. I had somebody reach out to me last week asking me about someone I'd worked with in the past, and we had gotten in contact because of this podcast. And I was just able to say some great, legitimately good things about a person that I liked a lot. And I wouldn't have been able to do that had I not had this community bringing that sort of thing. And and more importantly, every time I talk to my dear friend who I'll be seeing next week, Ellen Hunt, I I learn something more every time. I'm giving her as an example. I, I could do some compliance name dropping, but I won't do the camp. But in the times where I feel a little bit of imposter syndrome or doubt or the things that we all feel every day, willingness to be vulnerable, being able to talk to just amazing people all over this field and know that I'll get to see them a couple times coming up. And I'll mention that in a second. Those are the two things I'll be participating in over the next few few weeks or two months. One will be the compli- I will be at Compliance Week. I'm not speaking, and I'm actually really excited about that because I can truly focus on the learning, the panels, and also participating in a think tank. And there are so many great topics. And every time I see the list of people I'll run into, I this I feel like I cannot wait to just really have that chance. Really to network in both. There's some substance, really great substantive panels. So that's one. The second one also happens to be a month later and also affiliated with Compliance Week, but it's a Women in Compliance Summit. And it's taking place at the thir- the same time as their third party, their third party risk management conference in Atlanta, and it's in June. So please, I hope that people will come and join us on that. I think it's going to be a fascinating experience and it'll be an opportunity to really help others grow and to help me grow in this community of women that I consider we also, Mary and I, and this podcast community are really a special part of. So I wanted to just say, if you can, and when you can in different locations, if you can see people in person or reach out to them, this community, and and now I'm talking about also our community of women, is fabulous. Women and people who support women. I think it Every single time I see a list of speakers or I get to attend an event, again, 
And I get to meet women who trailblazed for me. And now I see women who are coming into this field and just doing such amazing things that that community is really a great joy for me. So I guess the last point on that will be when I talk about phase back to going full circle, another word with a C, phase two of the podcast. Again, talked a little bit about it at the beginning. I'm so excited for the next several months. I'll say I'm excited to celebrate the first 200 episodes. I'd also not be remiss to say that I'm also looking forward to having that little break to re-gear up again and keep everything exciting and the enthusiasm. And I'm excited and I'm hoping you all are going to take that part two of the journey with us and for the next 200 episodes. And again, I hope if you're still listening to this right now, it always feels very strange to me to sit here and talk to myself and bring this out to you all. But if it inspires you a little bit to go out of your comfort zone and do something that challenges you, and in this case for me, I shared it out with the world for the third time. I think I've lived up to my obligation and of doing this that scares me. And now I'm going to move on to lots of other things that, that both scare me and make me excited to do. Thank you all for listening to the, we call it a soliloquy episode. And on behalf of Mary and me and the Compliance Podcast Network, thank you all so much. I hope everybody has a wonderful day and take care. Thanks a lot. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Great Women in Compliance. We hope you'll join us in honoring the great women in the compliance field by subscribing to this podcast and leaving a review. 